Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. All right, we're here we are on the eve of the national championships. Uh, we will not be recording any more podcasts until after the first round on Monday night. So tonight we're going to get into sort of what to expect, preview it, kind of give you our sense of who we think the favorites are, what team might be a potential dark horse. We'll also look at the individuals that will be going and try to pick out who we think will play best of the individual participants, and we will make a pick to win. Um, we don't expect to be correct, but we are going to make a pick to win, at least for entertainment purposes only. So with that, let's first let's jump into nationals. The way I like to think of nationals, I've been very fortunate to be a part of four trips to the national championships. I think of the nationals as the masters. You can wear yourself out there. Right, the two practice rounds, the four rounds, it's a lot of golf. It's usually more golf than what we play on any other kind of tournament, and it has the biggest tournament in the world for us D3 people. So just a little bit of how I have mentally prepared and how I've had teams prepare for going to nationals. You know, I think the first practice round, and if you can get there a little early, it's great. To me, it's always about get a feel of the grounds. Right? It's what's the rough like? What's the greens like? What are the bunkers like? Literally feeling your way around the ground, understanding what things or conditions are like, how things are going to play. I remember we had a, a tournament back in the early 2000s up in Battle Creek, Michigan, and, and I had a player with me who had, was used to very fluffy, light, you know, southern sand. And up there you have very thick, heavy sand. And we had to learn sort of that chunk and run or blast and, you know, blast it out kind of bunker shot. So that's the thing that I always tried to focus on day one. Don't, don't play a ton. Try to hit some shots. Get a feel for the golf course. How's the course going to play? Um, the second round is really where we would normally do our normal work around what lines are we going to pick, you know, looking for whole, whole locations, understanding approach shots, angles, what do we want to do? Um and then that way you kind of pace yourself. And the other thing I always try to warn people is like, don't, that's, that's why we didn't focus on hitting a bunch of balls and stuff the very first day. Um, you know, the, the, the good tell for us when we showed up was if there's teams over there grinding and hitting tons of balls, you, you knew they were struggling with their game as they came in. And so we wanted to kind of come in and just sort of not bang a bunch of balls the first day. Let's get relaxed. Let's get comfortable on the golf course. See, see everything there is to be seen, understand what we have around everywhere, get everything mapped out pretty well so that day two, we can really, of the practice round, we can really get everything laid out, mapped out. All right, this is where we want to go. This is where we want to play it. Here's how we want to play this hole. Um, and then, you know, you get in the tournament and it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's intense. It's the national championships and you're there and there's, the boards are all up and the, the NCAA signs are everywhere and it's both the coolest and sometimes most stressful thing you can be a part of. Um, it's something that when it's gone, you, you miss that because that is one of the coolest things that you get to do. Um, you know, and, and that's the other thing. It's, it's four days. Um, you know, we don't play a ton of four-day events in Division Three, um, but it's four days. There is a cut, um, but, but most of us don't go in thinking about getting cut. We think about trying to win. And trying to finish in that top five. And so it's a marathon. You know, it, you can shoot your way out of it in day one, but you can't win it on day one. And you can't win it on day two even. But you just have to hang in and, and play, 
you know, steady, good, consistent golf because that's usually what ends up coming out. So with that, that's sort of our, hey, heads up advice. You know, I know a lot of the coaches out there who have got a tons of experience. You know, I'm sure they have their own ways of doing it. That's the way I've always looked at it is, you know, try to relax and and settle in on day one of the practice round. Day two, make that more of your more formal practice round and gear up for it and then get after it. So for those of you guys going, congratulations and gals. You know, we're going to be watching. We're going to be talking about all the action we can while we watch, watch on Golf Stat. You know, maybe in, year, in the future years we'll be actually be able to be on site in order to be able to be there and cheer on and do some more live interviews but with COVID and everything else going on, we just can't make that work. So, all right, let's get into some of what we think um, assessing the tournament itself. Let's start with the ladies tournament. You know, as we look at the ladies tournament, you know, I, th- I think the, the field of potential winners is a little shallower than what the men's side is. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be some good fireworks. And so here's how we kind of look at things that I think it's really interesting as you look through the golf stat. And I tend to look at golf stat around this, and, and I'll show you how we I've looked at it in the past. And get you know you guys will obviously hit me up and tell me what you think. But I tend to look at scoring average and average drop score when I look at nationals. I think you know you have to sort of be within a shot or two of that average score because if you're not you're just going to get behind a little bit and then what I think that big differentiator is is how much stress do you put on your team and that's usually that average drop score when I look at the scores for the women I think there's about seven schools that have a chance um you know Redlands Methodist Center Carnegie Mellon's George Fox and Williams they all have an adjusted scoring average of under 78, which I think is 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 big. As we get into the rest of the top 10, Emory, St. Catherine, Christopher Newport, you, now you're starting to get over that 79 range, 78 range, 80 range. That just it, It's just that little tick that means you, you're not going to have enough horsepower, in my opinion. That doesn't mean somebody from that group can't come out of it, because they certainly can. But if we're talking about favorites that under 78 stroke average is, is where I'm looking. Now, interesting that the the three teams with the seven in that with the stroke scoring average in the 76s is Redlands, Methodist, and George Fox. I, I kind of put them up there. The interesting thing is when you look at the drop scores there, Methodist has the lowest drop score. So w- what that's telling you is, is it, there's a, just a little bit more depth to the team. Now, Williams has, has the best drop score at 82-17. So that's one of those kind of things where you kind of balance some stuff out. Where I get concerned with the two UAA schools, Carnegie Mellon and Emory, are their drop scores are significantly higher, which means there's just a little bit more pressure on the four, the top four playing there to, to do well. So I think that the top seven in the, in the golf stat rankings are the seven to be looking at for nationals. I would love to be wrong and have somebody come from, from out of that side to come in and win it. Um, and again, this is just for how we kind of look at things. This is not uh, gospel. But that's kind of where we're looking. I think that's the, the group of favorites that you'd have to be looking at there. And I know it's pretty cheesy to say, well, the top seven in the golf stat rankings are the favorites. But you know, I think that's there for a reason. When we look at the numbers that they're putting up and the actual scoring averages, that's where we really try to land. 
All right, if we're looking for a dark horse that's out of that group, um, you know, I, there's a couple groups that I'm, I'm looking at that I think could have a very interesting way of looking at this. Um, one, I'm looking at the Texas schools. Texas at Dallas, you know, I, I think they're right there inside that, that viewpoint that I would go, okay, Texas at Dallas is, is in that hunt there. I, I think that's one of the big ones that we should be keeping our eye on. You know, Illinois Wesleyan would be another one that's outside of that. The other one I would look at is Denison, um, who I think has kind of played pretty well lately. Um, they didn't make it into a ton of the top 25. So if you're looking at somebody that's sort of outside of that top 25, they're in the, they're 33 in the country. I think that'll be an interesting spot to see where somebody kind of comes from outside of the top 25. I, I would look at them to have probably one of the best finishes of the non-top 25 teams. So I'll take University of Texas at Dallas as my dark horse. They've got a good 79 uh adjusted scoring average with a, a fairly decent drop score. Um, the only other thing I could see is maybe like a St. Catherine or a York Pennsylvania team on the ladies side. And I look at them as somebody who's going to have a, a more comfortable approach on that West Virginia um, course where you're going to have a little bit more of course conditions that they're more used to. Um, so that that's sort of where I think from a dark horse perspective, you're looking. From the individuals that are going, it's going to be really interesting. I think as you look at Nicola Miller from Bethel, Minnesota, she's got the 75-stroke average that I think you'd look for to somebody who can compete with that. I think there's a couple other of the ladies who can can get in there, but when it comes to that stroke average, I'm looking for somebody that's, that's probably under 77, and that's really where I think... Nicole is probably going to be the best suited out of that. Now that'll be interesting from coming from the Minnesota schools. Um, I also would watch uh, Sharia Ganta from Christopher Newport. I think there's a little bit of that advantage there. So those are probably my top two out of the individuals to to have to contend in that space. All right, who's my pick to win? My pick to win on the ladies' side, I have to go with Methodist University. I think the combination of, of Jillian and Paige is going to be really tough to deal with. Um, I think, you know, there's a couple other things. If I'm looking at the top four, you know, Redlands is good, but I, I, I don't have enough faith of them coming out of the California and only playing two other schools or three other schools. Methodist has proven it over and over and over again. Do I think center Carnegie Mellon and Williams and George Fox can win? I do. But I think Williams is going to have to have a really good sort of team approach where they're going to have to have the four ladies sort of right there in it all all game long. I think same thing with Carnegie. I think center is a really interesting play because they've got a couple ladies who can, who can carry them. But I worry about fourth scores with some of that. I think George Fox has been up there all year. I just think when I look at the two individuals who I think are going to help hold that Methodist group up a lot, is it's those two. Um, so my pick from the ladies' side, I'm going to go with Methodist. They've been pretty consistent all year. Um, 
I think it's going to be a great tournament. I, I, I think it's going to have, I think it's going to be, you know, tons of groups coming down the stretch with a, with a chance. Um, I'm looking for something exciting to happen there. So that's, that's our picks on the ladies' side. Let's move over to the men's side. All right, on the men's side of things, it's a much deeper field. So this is going to be a little bit harder to do. But let's go through who we think the favorites are. I think, you know, when I look at this, I look at the USAA, the USA South schools where you have Methodist, Huntington, and Piedmont. They're in the favorite category. I think Guilford is definitely in there with, you know, their, their big guns at the top of their lineup. Um, Illinois Wesleyan is defending champs. They're rock solid. Uh, the two Minnesota schools that are in, you know, that, that could be a bit of a wild card. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I, Suwannee is up there right now after their surprise in the SAA. You know, they just didn't travel around a whole lot. I, I don't know how tournament tested they're going to be. Trinity coming from Texas again. I, I sometimes we don't we don't see great performances from the Texas schools when they come to the Northeast. Um, so I think when I'm looking at the favorites on the men's side, I, I'm I'm sticking to the teams who I think have faced enough fire and have faced enough pressure. So I'm going to go with the three USA South schools, Methodist, Huntington, Piedmont, Guilford out of the ODAC, Emory, Carnegie Mellon out of the UAA, and Illinois Wesleyan. I, I, and then I would say the St. Tom, Thomas, Minnesota, and St. John's University are probably... I think the I think your winner comes out of there. And that's, again, not, not saying a ton, but I, I think your winner comes out of there. I'm looking at a couple of things on the men's side. One, I'm looking for who, you know, who do I think has the experience that they need to have this? Because it, it, you know, playing well and doing well at nationals usually involves having a team that is going to be comfortable in that spot. So there's a little bit more intrinsic to because a lot of guys here, you know, the scoring averages are pretty good. Um, you know, if we just look at pure scoring averages, you know, Illinois Wesleyan looks like they're the real deal. You know, we would have liked to have seen our guy, uh, Rob Rechick play a little bit better in their conference tournament, but the rest of the team stepped up and handled business. So, um, but be careful. Rob, Rob could be coming for uh, vengeance after that last performance. He could end up winning the whole thing individually. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's the, the group there. As we looked for like a dark horse. You know, the dark horse teams that I'm looking at, you know, I I, I think, one, I think Denison is going to be a, a, not an easy out. They've been playing really well. They've done well. It's a Midwestern course. I think they'll have a little bit of view there. I think I, I'm looking for a couple other schools that I would be interested to watch. Rose Holman out of the Heartland. Again, I think the course conditions in that are going to be very similar in nature to what they've been playing uh, another interesting from the Western schools, you know, I think Nebraska Wesleyan's been playing really interesting, and they've been playing in Iowa, so that some of that Midwestern stuff's not gonna not gonna be too tough. That that could be another interesting one, and then I guess from the other one outside of that, I would say Swanee and maybe Christopher Newport. I would say were the other people out from outside of that main group that we would look at. I think if you're looking at who from the outside the top twenty five, uh, you know, I don't know that. In the men's side, you're going to get that. I think there's just enough depth through the men that I just don't see 
anybody coming from outside the top 25 to really challenge in the top five of the, of the tournament. I, I almost expect this to to look like we've seen some of the other main tournaments of the year, which is there's sort of a group of four or five that are separated out, and then everybody else is sort of in a bunch. So those are my sort of dark horse ones. As we look at the individuals that are going to be there, um, you know, I, I am looking at, you know, I don't know. It's going to, I think it's going to be close. I'm going to pick between Cameron Starr from LaGrange, Lane Roy from McMurray, and Pierce Robinson in Washington Lee. And mostly just because I've seen enough of them that I, I have faith that they're going to show up and be ready to go. Um, that's not a thing against everybody else. I, I, I just haven't seen enough from Jacob and Declan that I, that I think it's going to be there. I think Kevin Burris is going to be interesting. Seeing some some of the stuff at the conference there, I kind of left a little hmm, interesting. So we'll, we'll go with our guy Lane to have the best performance out of the individuals that are going to go. You know, I, I think all the... You know, all the individuals that get to go to nationals are all really talented and good, and they're there for a reason. In fact, I could probably put a whole other group of six together really easily that a lot of people would agree with. But we'll go with Lane as sort of our favorite out of that group to kind of, you know, as a senior, ready to go, and I think he'll, I think he'll play really well. All right, that leads us down to our pick. Who of the D3 golf guy is going to pick to win nationals? And again, this is not picking favorites or anything else. Um, I'll go through my logic. I really like Carnegie Mellon at this golf course. It's close to them. I know they've played the golf course. I think they're ready to go and play really well. I worry about a fourth score for Carnegie. Um, their drop score is higher than everybody else's. I, you know, and so I, course knowledge, I think it's going to get you a little bit, but over four days, it's going to, it's going to hurt. You know. So I think everybody's else going to catch up. I really want to pick Piedmont, mostly because I think they have very lucky uh, stuff from D3 golf guys with them. I just don't know about the experience and the fire that that you, that the national championships are and, and that feeling of, all right, here we are, and, and we just won the conference. <sighs> Honestly, you know, Methodist has been so good all year that they're a really easy team to pick. And then Guilford has also done really well, but Guilford's fueled by, by by two big guys. So we saw in the ODAC where James Michu came back and absolutely you know goes, goes crazy to get them secured through conference. I worry about that holding up for four days. And so when I look at sort of the, the best teams that I think can help perform that, I come back to one and two from the last national championship we had, which is Huntington and Illinois Wesleyan. Now, Huntington has not finished the year very strong. I got a sneaky feeling they're ready to go for nationals. But I'm going to go with Illinois Wesleyan because I think a couple of the players that they normally count on got away with one at their conference tournament. And I think the conditions of the golf course... I think that'll be fine for them. They've gotten out. They were in some good heated competition. I'm going to pick Illinois Wesleyan to to repeat essentially over two years as national champions. Uh, very well could be wrong, but I just their drop score being what it is. I I, I think this tournament is most in in the men's side is really about drop score. I think lots of people can go low. 
but I think it's the the depth that your team has, I think, is the thing that gets you in the top three and four on a consistent basis. If I had to do it like a horse race, I'll go Illinois Wesleyan, Methodist, and I'm going to go with Huntington, one, two, three. Give me that trifecta. Um, By the way, can you tell that I live in a place with horses, that we had to do that, but... I think that's really good. I know there's some really good teams out there. It would not surprise me at all if if there's a 12, 12 to 14 teams inside a, a 10-shot cushion after you know a couple days. It just wouldn't. I, I think this has been a weird year. Hasn't been a ton of separation. I think if anything, you could get a team from outside the top you know five or six to win more so this year than ever because of where things were. I mean, we didn't even have the St. John's Minnesota team or the St. Thomas Minnesota team in the top 25 of golf stat before this last one. So anything's possible. I'll go with that. So I'm going to say that our, our, our expected winner is Illinois Wesleyan and our, our top three in some order is Illinois Wesleyan Methodist and Huntington. Hopefully that if you, that if you didn't pick you, that will fire you up and you will come out and say, Hey, D three golf guys, thanks for not picking us. Uh, we just won national championship. I will celebrate you. I think everybody's already achieved a great success by getting to the national championship. I'm rooting for everybody to do their best. So with that, we will say, hit them straight. Cheers. Cheers.